Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where with each episode, we hear from different women experts in the health IT industry. We like to hear about what makes them tick, how they overcome challenges, work they're proud of, advice they would give to other women in health IT, and much more. I'm Joy Rios. And I'm Robin Roberts. Today, we are talking with a super smart woman in health IT, Miriam Sedegi with Meta Optima. She is in process to revolutionize dermatology. She has an innovative AI platform to track moles and a cool new body drone. She's using her smarts to solve simple problems and impact dermatology on a global level. So let's get started. Thank you for having me and for giving me the opportunity to talk about what we do and also um, my vision and the company, actually the company's vision for um, future of how we're going to solve easy problems in, you know, in healthcare using uh, intelligence. Easy? I don't they know are easy. easy. Honestly, okay. they are easy. Like as a computer scientist, like my PhD was in computing science, machine learning, and uh, my postdoc research was also, I also had training in dermatology, so my postdoc and PhD research was on um, dermatology imaging and computing science applications for solving diagnostic problems for doctors. I was shocked how archaic was the system. For me, as a computer science PhD, it was like so simple. Our doctors were using devices to take photos, but they were not recording them. And next time the patient comes in, they were asking, oh, this has been changing. You think the treatment was working? I was like, but you guys even took a photo. You could just document and have like evidence-based decisions how the patient is going to remember, like out of, you know, 200 spots, what is changing, what is not changing, or patients and treatments for psoriasis, they see so many problems for, like, years, and we are not really documenting properly even, just like simple digitization, let alone anything intelligence or, you know. So you found it laughable. Uh, it was, I couldn't believe. are looking at these spots, the patient comes back for follow-up, <laughs> and they're relying on them to tell us. Exactly. Despite and also, all even info. like sometimes they say, "No, we don't have to take time. We don't have time to take photos and document it properly." But like you took the photo, I saw it. Like, even you zoomed in, you look at the image, <laughs> and you just destroyed the, the information that you capture 
because you don't have proper systems. And they were right. They told him, I am, how are we going to find these, uh, you know, for those next time the patient is here? Oh, I have to save this into my computer, different folders, different names. I was like, but your phone is like fully digital. You're very well organized for everything that you do in your life, like digitally on your phone. But when it comes to healthcare, it wasn't there. So I knew this was going to change. And I was sure we cannot continue to waste our resources in healthcare. And this was just a small piece of what I saw, right? It was oncodermatology, uh, I, I was the ecosystem all the way. So I worked with primary care doctors, with patients a lot, with primary care doctors, with dermatologists, pathologists, surgeons, and uh, oncologists. So it was the same everywhere. And since my PhD was in medical imaging and visual diagnostics and visual computing, I was like, dermatology is the best place to start. And also I looked, at, I worked on PAC systems, on radiology, on PET scan, MRI. So I was familiar with other imaging systems, but compared to them, dermatology was archaic. I was like, okay, so there's a big room here for improvements, and this is going to happen. And if it happens, it will be someone like us with training in machine learning in computing science and in dermatology, right? You know both worlds, and like it just doesn't make sense. I was like, okay, easy. That's why I say it's easy. <laughs> Honestly, as a computer scientist, like algorithms, artificial intelligence, personalized medicine, like everything that they're talking about is not difficult. We all know, like I'm, of course, like I know algorithms. It's my like PhD, right? What is most difficult is really how we implement these systems and how we look at user experience, how we look at adoption, how we look at all the logistics, politics, everything to bring the technology to the market. So I was like, Mariam, you don't need to be smart on the algorithm side. You have a great team. It's just how you're going to drive this business to maximize adoption, how you're going to build this product to be the best friends for your doctors, right? How you're going to make sure they will love the system. What I is, think being a solutions provider exactly. is critical to exactly. being adoption. Exactly. So for us, and then the focus was, okay, what we can do right now, okay, empower patients. This was, like, so obvious for me. So obvious. Because, like, I saw patients traveling for a couple of hours, flying to Vancouver, just seeing the doctor for three minutes. And that was it. I was like, oh, this could be done, like, just, you know, from a center in their city or online, from the east of their home. That was also obvious and easy. I was like, but, you know, there are things that you just know that this is going to happen. I just got to stop you for yeah. a minute. This is exactly why we have this podcast, so yeah. we can sit down with brilliant women who think that the AI and the machine learning to solve a very simple problem is easy. I have to high-five. <laughs> I think it's awesome. You know, it's all numbers it's awesome. game, right? Like, for me, I'm like, I'm always uh, a big, you know, um, so for me, numbers talk. Like, for me, patterns what we learn from data is like so obvious. I don't think you need to convince any doctor to look at their, you know, historical data and say, no, that was wrong. No, that was right, right? As humans, we are driving those processes to collect data to show what is working for our patients, what is not working for our patients. And it, for me, like I was so past the diagnostic stage, I was like, it's easy because I know these are the patterns, these are like the algorithms we have in the clinic. Our doctors are using their algorithms to decide, right, about these cases. If it's red, if it's had uh, white patches, it could be psoriasis, or it could. They have already learned those algorithms in the school. It was all about translating those for the machine. So correct me if I'm wrong, we had a chance to look at your product yesterday, mm -hmm. and it seemed as though there was a database of 
um, pictures of you know different types of skin. Yes, issues. that's true. And so that way it would potentially help the doctor identify or compare to yeah. other results and you know from patients. Exactly. So um, what is unique about how we do it? Um, so we didn't want to go to a black box decision uh, to say, oh, this is malignant or benign, or this is psoriasis or skin cancer, right? Just because I knew this is not how doctors think. I was like, even if you are using AI. This is, I think, a hot you know, topic right now as well. It should be explainable, which means doctors should see the process of the system deciding, or not deciding actually, um, why this could be malignant and why this could be benign, just because of the, the way they think in their diagnostic decisions, right? So it was all about, okay, rather than just giving them a black box that's a 70% malignant, this is not going to work. Our doctors won't trust it because, like, how I know? what is behind the machine, right, giving that, me that, that information. And our doctors helped us to build this. They told me about their differential diagnosis. Differential diagnosis is like, I don't know what is this, but I know this could be one of these things, right? It could be this or this. And I've seen their pathology reports even. They say malignant melanoma bigger than BCC, bigger than like this type of disease. So this, they send this to the pathologist to say, I am concerned this, it could be one of these. Please have a look. I was like, wow, even our doctors are thinking like that. They don't say, for sure, 100% this is malignant melanoma. They don't know. They just guess, right? And then they send it to the lab, and it comes back. I was like, okay, if you're implementing our AI solution, which is image processing and computer vision and machine learning, and again, for me, it's simple and easy. It's just numbers and patterns and the photos with the pathology report and confirmed biopsy results for all of those cases. How we can build it to the platform that our doctors were like, oh, yeah, this is how I do it. So we came up with this visual search feature as the starting point for our algorithms to be used in the system. So visual search is like, I take this photo of this cop, for example. The system can find similar cases to this for me and can show me, okay, from the images we have, 70% of them are coffee cups. I was like, yeah, easy. This is explainable because I can click on any of those images. I can compare, and at the end, I will make the decision, right? It's my intelligent textbook. Mm-hmm. Because our doctors go to their book, and I've seen it. They go to internet, okay. they search for similar cases. And they told me, one of them, actually, our doctors told me, oh, my, this is like my intelligent textbook. It's amazing. It gives me differentials. I was like, okay, that's why you call it <laughs> differential diagnosis. So working with doctors in my PhD program was also very, very valuable just to understand how they think and I was like they don't need a system to tell them this is cancer and then if you have to say if it's cancer or not you need to be like 98% accurate then you will call so many things benign cases cancer just to get the FDA approval but at the end this is not going to work because you put a machine in the hands of doctors that's called everything cancer to play safe how about the waste in the healthcare system? How about, you know, this is not helping. So we came up with this idea of working with our doctors, focusing on their workflow. Workflow is super, super important because, like, if a doctor see, oh, we have, like, simple, simple smart features. For example, your patient comes in, they have 200 spots. Most of these patients do actually have more. Okay, so I'm going to image this. Have I imaged this one before or not? Oh, okay. I'm going to find the patient. I'm going to find the spot. Imagine the patient file. Which one was imaged before? Even 40 spots on someone's arm. Yes, okay. Which one was imaged before? And these are like tiny spots. And, but I was like, no, these spots are like fingerprints. 
you could just start image it. The system should find it for you. So this is called a smart snap. It's one of our actually popular features. Believe it or not, it's just so simple. The patient comes in, you start imaging any spot. If you have it in the system, their engine will find it for you. It's just image matching. It's so simple. You know, the concept is simple, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's simple to hear you say it. But when I think about machine learning and AI, just period, it yeah. seems so intimidating. No, the science to is the same this... science as fingerprint. It is. No, right? you're absolutely right. So hearing you say They that, are unique. Is... Like these moles, these spots, they yes. are unique. They don't change overnight. Like the system is like, I think, 98% accurate in finding these cases if you've had before. And then this is like workflow. Nothing about diagnostics. It's helping our doctors to spend their time to take care of their patients, honestly, and not to spend time for imaging, finding a spot. I know they don't like their EMR, EHR systems, and I know why. They have to click 200 times to complete the form for the patient. It's cumbersome. You just said something yes. really <laughs> important. You talked about time and workflow. Exactly. And I exactly. saw something with your product, and I didn't know it was related. There is a drone that is part of your That's product my, and solution yes. lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why there is a drone in your product and solution lineup. And this is, again, one of those because ideas that actually so many people told me, Mariam, come on, this is crazy. This is a spaceship. Oh, it's sci-fi. I was like... And you're yes, a woman, it is. which makes it even more crazy. I know. I, know. <laughs> I have so much to tell you about that. <laughs> but I was like... It, it is, yes, it is, because you just don't see how this is going to change how we do things. You just look at the dermatology office every, you know, in every corner of this world, right? When you go there, there's a full exam, there's a lot of data acquisition, time consumed for documenting. And you're talking about the visual inspection, but most of the time we are reducing that amount of data to text. And my doctor is just writing two lines of, you know, this and that red patch, face, really? Like, all of that data is reduced to those, like, two lines? I was For like, those no. hundreds of spots you mentioned. Exactly. And also other diseases, such as skin cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine your patient with psoriasis. In treatment, super expensive, painful treatments for years, and it's not working. Why it's not working? Do we know what's happening, right? Do we document properly? Can we say if it's working or not working. Can you say what will work for my patient based on what worked for similar patients? This is my favorite topic in what I do because now we are looking at AI for therapeutics as well, okay? Mm -hmm. So what worked for my patients, for similar patients to my patient, and what are the side effects, if it's gonna work or not? My patient should have the information and the choice of saying yes or no to that treatment. Why the patient should be on the treatment for three, four years if it's not gonna work? I have goosebumps because I've seen so many patients Honestly, the treatment programs, it's kind of like we close our eyes, we say, oh, this is going to work for you, go try it. But no, this is my life. I cannot just go and try it. If you know you had thousands of patients similar to me, you could just tell me. And it's so costly. Absolutely. So costly, so painful, quality of life. There are like so many things really playing there. So the drone idea came to me when I was looking at, okay, what do we need for an intelligent, truly intelligent system? I'm not talking about just one app that says malignant or benign or anything like that. I was like, how we can make our doctor's life easier, outcome for patients better. It's just the amount of data that you need to have quality data. Quality data means um, how I can document this experience of my patient visit that the system can learn and let, help me next time to make better decisions for my patient. 
uh, okay, imaging is good, you know, documentation is good, it's time consuming. Our doctors were 45 minutes for full body exam for skin cancer. I was like, these are the best dermato oncologists in the world. They're not supposed to spend their time just looking at the spots one by one. I was like, no, this is wasting this like valuable resource that could help thousands of patients globally. For me, I'm a global citizen because I work with so many doctors around the world. I'm like, this doctor here could help so many patients there. So, And we're all connected now. So the idea was how to document this. So it was automation. I, I looked at so many robotic solutions for automation. They're super expensive. Why a $200,000 machine with like 48 cameras? Like so yesterday. I just, I just stayed there. Like honestly, a big room of like 48 cameras imaging me. Super expensive. Why I should pay $300,000 for this? And as a patient, it feels really intimidating to be standing. I don't like going through the airport scanner, so I certainly yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah. But we have to do it. If we are like, for example, if I'm melanoma patient, it's my life, right? I will, yes, I will have course. to do it. But like when I'm looking at implementation, I was like, there's several components here. One is cost. Okay, a big system. Um, oh, real estate cost. One of our doctors in one of the major hospitals in New York told me, Mariam, that machine is $200,000. And I, there are several machines, not just one machine, or other big units, okay? Um, and I, it will cost me $200,000 to build a room in New York in the hospital for that machine. <laughs> it exactly. doubles real estate cost. I was like, wow, I didn't know about that, right? But just working with doctors, understanding what's really important. And then the other thing was, this technology should be very, very affordable. It should be accessible. It should be in every single GP office. As a statistical, actually, they examine patients. They should also have tools for skin exams. And skin is not just skin cancer. Like, if you look at chronic wounds, if you look at surgery wounds, if you look at um, general dermatology, acne, eczema, psoriasis, it's a high volume, really, in the patient traffic in medical centers, skin-related traffic, right? So then it was like, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to have a mini drone. We're going we're gonna to call it Derm Drone. And this drone is smart. It's simple. They are already smart, honestly. You can program them, right? So this drone will be one-click exam. It will find my patient because it has my patient data. It has my patient photo. If we are all in the same room and I'm the patient, it's, it's not going to scan you guys because it knows me. It's easy facial de- you know, detection, face recognition. Again, easy computer science. <laughs> Simple, honestly. Um, so and I'm then, ha- wait, I'm having a bit of an aha moment. Yes. The idea that a patient is in the exam room and then the physician is clicking a button and then that drone is flying around the Absolutely, patient. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yes. And real time, real. this wow. is the first phase only. This is like helping with automation for data acquisition and standardization. These are big problems. Like if you're looking at data and if we expect the machine to learn from the data, that should be clean. That should be structured. It cannot be a text box. It should have fields and numbers because the machine is looking at patterns, right? It should have like this field, this is the value field, this is the value. So this is computing science behind it. But... This data should be structured and should be standardized, which means if I take a photo of my hand here and if I take a photo of my hand on a green background, this is different. The machine should be able to understand that. So we looked at the automation and standardization for images. So this drone understands this is my face, this is my arm. It has a checkbox. It scans everything and it completes a checkbox. It goes around the patient. Now we are building a 3D model of the patient. And real time, since it knows what was my condition last year? I was a scan. It can compare in real time, and it's so smart that it can get closer 
and get more data about the lesions of interest even. So what we are looking at is fully automating examination, documentation, but the doctor is going to sit there and just look at the data that's captured in two minutes rather than spending 45 minutes and having someone just for photography in the clinic I think this is a game changer. Oh, I think game changer is an understatement. I don't think I have a word. And I was um, talking to somebody that works with you about long-term care. And I'm also thinking about patients or even older, elderly patients, even young patients that are differently abled. Or people that don't have physical ability to move. The amount of time in actually positioning a patient to do that. Just how you're not only easing clinician burden, but you're probably easing patient burden too. Because the longer they're sitting there touching you, whatever, it's stressful. It's yeah. it, it's anxiety ridden for some people. And so Yeah, we had interest for example, like to take so this to smart. patients' homes. I was like, look again, it's all about implementation, it's all about adoption. Um, they were asking me, so their partners were really excited about this and they were asking if they should have this like in packages for patients to take home. I was like, We're not there yet because this is a big change in in culture, in behavior, in how we do things, right? So what I want to do is like to implement this step by step, make sure we have easy transformation in this way of doing things. Our doctors who are super excited to have this, and I have so many requests to be the first pilot site for this, and we already have several grants approved and actually in progress. Um, so I see that this needs to be utilized by our doctors. It needs to be polished. I'm not saying this is 100% working as I expect it to work, but as a computer scientist, I know what it does. I know the potential. I know there is no doubt that this is going to change the way our doctors are practicing and it's going to help them to be much, much more efficient. And this is my ultimate goal, which means doctors will have more time to take care of their patients now, right? And I love it because the interface you have, the usability, the user experience that's going on, when you give them the other visuals, those differential diagnoses yes. or whatever, I also think it's just very complementary to what you're doing. We're not telling the doctor the machine does this for you, the yes. drone does Absolutely. this for you, the I'm AI does it. I'm 100% against that idea. But it is an insanely yeah. valuable tool and yeah. a huge time saver, which time it's, is anyone's biggest commodity. Yeah. yeah. And what I like about it is actually that like cool aha moment as well like I see uh, they could be resistant our doctors to use a machine as a black box it's gonna tell them oh this is this this is like no I know it's not and that's true there are rare cases that machine probably has not seen ever so the machine won't be able to say what is it and the machine is not supposed to say what is it honestly at this stage it is just supposed to help our doctors to be better so when it comes to draw I have I have never seen a negative reaction even once never they all love it because they know the value of saving this time for them not to you know take photos and be concerned about the distance lighting orientation imagine you are taking 48 photos for your patient every time how you make sure it's the same position you can compare next time but this is like fully automated and yeah I, I this was I push this a lot even in the company myself um, so even for the grants that we had for this I wrote the grants like overnight three nights I did myself because everyone was like Mariam this is your vision. <laughs> they were like, this is too hard. Um, so we should focus on things doable. I was like, everything is doable. If you clearly see how this is going to work, it is doable. So, yes, this is one of the things I pushed so hard. I had a great team. Um, they're super, super intelligent. 
um, they're smart, they're dedicated, they're hardworking. We celebrate things like, for example, a melanoma found by a doctor. They email us sometimes, they give us this positive feedback, and we celebrate in the company. So I was like, guys, we have no excuse for failure. We have the knowledge. We are, you know, scientists doing this. We are really good at it. Uh, we have the team and the company, which is, you know, um, this, like, the entity that wants to make it happen, you know. Um, it's tough, it's difficult, of course, it's business. Uh, but actually, we have a great team behind it. And then we have great partners. I couldn't do it if I didn't have all these um, amazing scientists, um, dermatologists, dermatologists, pathologists, surgeons, who are working with us. And um, I'm lucky, really, to have them on board and helping me with everything we are doing. So, again, there is no excuse for failure. So you can record this from me, and we'll come back to this in a few years. Okay. All right. So we're asking everybody, and okay. you touched on it in a moment, you know that there are challenges. Of course there's challenges. If you yes. could snap your fingers and solve any problem in the health IT world, Quality, documentation, evidence-based decisions. I'm not just talking about diagnostics. I'm talking about every single thing we do in healthcare IT. This, the whole system is so inefficient that I get frustrated. And again, it's not just about imaging or dermatology or diagnostics. It's all about why we are doing it this way just because it was not designed from uh, scratch to be efficient. Right? It's like bits and pieces here and there, and then we are trying to connect them together, but it's not working. So if I have just magic wand to do it, you know, at once, I was like, okay, can we just have the um, infrastructure that can help us with evidence-based decisions? If it's patient booking, if it's, you know, my workflow, if it's like my schedule in the hospital, if it, that's where we are wasting, right? We are wasting a lot, which leads to a bigger problem like diagnostics, treatment decisions. And if we just had a connected system that could find patients. So I have a very a dear friend to my heart battling cancer, and um, I was just thinking if, um, I think, yeah, I just don't know how to talk about it. But if we had a system that could find patients matching per case, I had a better life today. So it's just so difficult to see sometimes that the system is broken and there are people who are paying for this, right? So for that reason, I think, yeah, it's just about, again, evidence-based decisions that actually will lead to patient outcome. I think that's what I would say I would want to have because it's all about numbers. Like, numbers won't fail. I, uh, <laughs> if it's working, it's working. I, I share your um, passion for wanting to align on, on patient match. So... You said you're a global citizen. Those are your words. You are an international company. I know you're in other places of the world. Follow-up question to that before we start to wrap up. Is there another place in the world that you think is getting it right or maybe has better quality or better efficiencies in their systems, and who is that and why? Um, in our case, since our focus was skin cancer, uh, Australia happened to be organically our focus market in our first market. So now we have our office in Sydney. The team is growing there. I love them. Again, it's just this great experience of having pioneers in doing things because they are 
dealing with this problem in the front line, like, you know, the rate of melanoma is high, everyone in the country knows about skin cancer. So it happened to be um, uh, one of the first sites, hospitals, melanoma centers using our platform, giving us feedback. Uh, we actually raised our series A financing um, around from Australia. Our investors are amazing. I couldn't ask for a better team of investors. So, for example, uh, one of our lead investors in series A, um, super successful in software and what they do, SaaS model, all the business things, you know, aside, um, but investing in impact businesses. And um, for example, one of our investors, Daniel, donated to Melanoma Institute for a couple of years. Uh, his daughters were diagnosed with melanoma. So there are, there are places, there are countries who are dealing with the problem and they are in front line of investing, building, you know, leading the research, riding the wave. As, uh, so that's actually how we came with this organically focused um, plan in Australia, New Zealand. Um, so we are very well established there, and the U.S. market is actually for us uh, focused for 2019. Just hired our country business development manager for U.S., opening our office in, uh, very soon in Boston, uh, already done almost. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are places actually uh, I've seen. So for us, it was not about, you know, waiting to see what happens in Canada, who's going to say yes. It was not about, we had actually centers from the U.S. who were using our platform in clinical trials. So they were using the platform for documentation. So these are all important pieces who contributed to the success of the platform today. So that's why, like, I we have the from 27 countries and it's just about that intelligence and adoption and implementation I believe that will drive success I have no doubt what we have is the best solution out there no doubt when it comes to implementation then you need to look at logistics you need to look at you know billing so many different components that will be important for success of healthcare IT or AI product so yeah there are countries in the front line riding the wave and I'm so lucky to be recognized by them so they are supporting the company and me and uh, I think it also goes back to my scientific background and actually publishing papers working with them um, and I think we are sharing the same vision so when it comes to working with them we are part of their team they told us we are faster than their IT teams yeah, they told us actually that the, the relationship is so different you know, compared to other companies they've been working with Last question. Yes. Uh, we're forming a reading list for our listeners. Is there a book that you've read either in the past or working on now that's had an impact on you either personally or professionally that you would want to tell our audience about? So there are a couple of books actually I like. Good to Great was one of them and I started the business I read and it, I think it's a known book. So, But also there is one Thrive by Ayanna Huffington. I love it. I love it. I love it. That actually, that's what She's I read great. every time I was traveling in the flight, and I think I even sent a message to her and I told her how important was that book in my difficult days. So yeah, Thrive was one of the best ones. Okay, excellent. And if people want to find you or more about your company, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, or I your think it's simple uh, to find us on social media. My LinkedIn. I have over six, sixteen thousand contacts. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, LinkedIn should okay. be easy, and right. uh, yeah, and social media in general. <laughs> we'll include it in the show notes. 
so for sure. can find you there. Awesome. Erin, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Today. Thank you for the opportunity, and I'm so excited to see, you know, great friends who are believing the same vision and will all make it happen. I, I think what you're doing is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon.